Okay, so today's recording is brought to you by me because I edited it, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had like crazy long philosophical conversations about all all sorts of matters and everything leading up to <laughs> recording. Today. I mean, honestly, we usually do, and it's usually stuff that we're like, yeah, it's not going to go in the podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean. Some of it can. It's personal. Mm-hmm. Some of it is. And other other stuff is, uh, and we're in an era where some mo- it's actually better to keep your opinion to yourself mm. at certain times. Uh, and so in this case, that's what we're doing. Even though we're not like 100%, even in these discussions, we don't really take a real stance. We just kind of, we try to attack it from like a... Very scientific a- method. Yeah. Yeah. I guess... We could probably add some of that stuff to the podcast. Um, you know what doesn't really have very much science? And that's very much black and white? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking about today. Uh, we're going to talk about... We're, gonna, we're doing another ser- uh, episode of Exploring Genres, and this one's going to be Western Explorations. I believe that's what I like. Oh, crap. I, I wrote it backwards. This is Genre Exploration? Yeah. I mean, you and can so, say it either way. Right. And so <laughs> the new symbol that I was going to draw for it is like this guy, the same guy who... Who's holding like the uh, the the discussions thing for like Star Wars and stuff mm. in his hand? He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be like hovering over like a, a pedestal with the whatever it is in front of him, and it's gonna be and he's gonna be wearing like the Indiana Jones hat, and it's gonna be like he's taking the little thing off of the pedestal. Oh yeah, yeah. oh that's good. Yeah. So I'll be I'll be drawing that. Wait, who are you anyway? Oh, I am. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> This is not the amnesia episode. Oh, oops, wrong one. Uh, <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm David, and we are the MVG Podcast. Indeed we are. Um, so I, uh, I, I chose the, so the reason why I chose the Western one and was actually because I recently watched The Mandalorian, and I was like, uh, this is kind of a Western. So funny thing about that is that we're going to be talking about it next week? We are. Okay. And um, a lot of people are saying that the reason why it is so good is that because people have not seen a good Western in so long that they forgot how comfort food Westerns are. And that... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There's that one series on... Don't get me wrong. It, it makes a level of sense, but... There's that one series on Netflix that was a that was a western. It was like a mini series. It was like three episodes. Oh, uh, episodes. Edgewood or yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. Um, either way, Shoot. that that was really good. Deadwood, too. Hmm? Deadwood, Deadwood. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. But a lot of again, it's one of those things where I don't real. I don't think a lot of people realize how much we like westerns because of how fulfilling they are, and then like to see something with um with a sci-fi skin but with the pretty much you you know you know what it is underneath mm-hmm. like right. you can you can feel it's comfort food or whatever but it i think they were saying it was like a like a western mixed with like a like a samurai film or something like that uh it's it's because it's, it's a lone thing but there, also that's a it's a it's a yeah, well, well i mean we'll get into that next week but it, yeah it's a pretty big mixture of genres realistically right i mean technically that's really what star wars and, is and well you know so I see what people are saying, uh, but honestly, as we, as we go through this podcast, I think um, it'll make more sense why 
like not just the fact that they haven't seen a western in so long but like i mean realistically westerns are kind of the start of a cinema you know yeah they're so. the they're the basis for everything that we branch out from to make uh what we consider like our unique cinematic mm-hmm. works i mean i mean really i guess once we get down to the formula for it um you'll start to see where um, having the basis of the of the Western formula and then branching out and, you know, subverting some of the expectations that would be presented in a, in a Western definitely, like, shows, like, how it might as well might as well be, like, the, the bedrock for mm-hmm. oh, a yeah. lot of the more popular genres. So mostly um, we're going to try to mostly talk about classic Westerns. Uh, and so, like, the so the classic Western, I mean, most people already, probably already know it, but it's it's set during the, the frontier era in uh, American history, which is uh, which is past colonial times and um, and then to around the time of the, the Civil War. So, like, I think it's like 1860s, the like 1890s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they explore stories about cowboys, settlers, and outlaws. And, I mean, the, the, the basis of it is exploring the Western frontier and taming the wild West. Right. Um, so it should be noted though, that like Westerns don't necessarily have to be contained to the United States. There's plenty of, um, I mean, I guess it's mostly the Americas, but a classic Western film will take place in America. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it usually takes place in a very specific region of the United States of America. That being said, um, I guess when, w- once we start talking about the formula, technically you can take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It, but it, then it, it has that... to have certain, like, actual... You have to tick certain boxes. So yeah. the place has to have a certain situation. It has to have a certain level of, um, like, division in... Uh, what do you call it? The sides, pretty much. It mm-hmm. has to have... Anyways, we'll so get the into weird that. Thing, <laughs> the weird thing about Westerns, as far as location goes is depending on where you take that western it becomes kind of a subgenre cuz if you take it to certain foreign countries like if you were to take a a, a western to Japan mm-hmm. you know like it's it's going to be like a samurai western or something to that right so, something to that effect so it's going to they're going to flavor it yeah, yeah it's going to be kind of a flavored type thing um so as you were talking about you know like westerns <laughs> they're really not as popular as they used to be and it might have to do with the fact that it seems like Hollywood struggles with not having cell phones in their movies these days. Well, I mean, they, they need a deus ex, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. But that being said... <laughs> what are we going to do? Let me make this call real quick. That being said, it's funny you bring that up because actually that's one of the... I think that's one of the things that makes Western so great is that there is no... The technology that connects everything mm-hmm. is gone. You have... No, most Westerns, the thing that connects all of them is the trains or like mm-hmm. the, the coming of the train era, which like connects. I mean, I suppose together. there's the beep, 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 uh, Morse code, but I don't even know if Morse code was no. even around. That's what I'm saying. Like a lot of the things that we, that we look at in Westerns, like everything is always usually contained to regions, very mm. specific regions, because you can't really go much further than that. And yep. if you are, you're taking the whole story with you to another region. You're not necessarily like playing both regions altogether. Like it's always a, uh, there's something nice about not having the technology to connect 
a whole world together. Yeah. Because then you can tell a story about a specific spot. Think of. Wait, a, isn't it crazy to think that like during that? <laughs> I mean, it's not that crazy, but it's crazy to think that during that time, like you could literally like meet someone, and mm-hmm. like you have a like if you're doing like a romance story, but in like real life romance, like you could meet someone, and then like you you part ways because it just didn't work out right then, and then you could. Never, never see them again and have no way of finding them or contacting mm-hmm. no directory no no like can't find them on facebook or anything exactly. like that um i mean think about like some of the great games of like i would say like of the past couple years a lot of them have to do with like a story that takes place in a region mm-hmm. since everybody likes these open world things the open world things don't typically mean a complete planet it usually right. is always just a small region that they take oh, place yeah, yeah. and that right there i think i mean it encapsulates what makes a western good as well it's like usually you're telling intricate stories about the the the, the small as it's like a town it's a community yeah, yeah it's a community um and so you're seeing all the things and there's really no outside influence except for maybe like that one that one letter that comes via uh pony express or whatever mm-hmm. you know what i mean like uh, to tell them that so and so passed away, your your friend in New York City. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know oh yeah, I was trying to decide if we should do some yeehaws and all that in this episode. But um, probably not. We're gonna probably not. Because I'm I'm not that. So I. I don't. Well, then there's people in the other room, and they might be like, "What is going on in there?" <laughs> nah, more yeehaws then. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that being said, let's so, uh, let's. Let's take a little more. So, 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 um, so Western novels and and then f- films in between, like they were most popular probably from like the late eighteen hundreds to around the nineteen seventies, and that's when the it kind of. And and the crazy part is uh, that's not even the seventies is anymore. It became oversaturated. Like in the in the forties and fifties, like uh, there I saw a graph in like the top year mm-hmm. for westerns. There was almost a thousand westerns made in one year. Well, like first of all, they're low budget movies. You don't act, there's not a lot of technology that's needed. Yeah, um, they're all practical effects, which tend to be a lot cheaper. Um, and I think I, well, I think in the forties, I think in the forties, like it had more so to do with uh, its popularity, right? But they're, they're filming. Oh, also, there's people that made it even bigger. There's a uh, like John Wayne, yeah, yeah. There, there's the people who, who like personified what we thought of was or what the the public thought of it as. Well, the that's wild, like the good one. West. I, I mean, uh, well, I kind of thought of it like. You know how like the the mobile game market mm-hmm. is like so oversaturated. Mm-hmm. I bet it was like the same thing where like out of those thousand, there's maybe like twenty that were good. You know, or, or if even that, or there was a thousand that were good. And really, when it comes down to it, people just were so obsessed with the genre mm-hmm. that all they want, they just wanted more. They, I mean, to be honest, it does it kind of remind you of this whole like you know people keep on saying that they're oversaturating with the the superhero movies. Um, not necessarily because superhero movies are at this point, they're actually being done mainly by one studio. So mm-hmm. the oversaturation is mainly just the studio might need to slow down. But in this case with the Westerns, that's like a whole bunch of studios all trying to get on the, yeah, the like tr- every studio. Yeah. I, so I guess, I guess one in five movies were Western and like the total amount of Westerns like was 
uh, more than all the other genres combined. That's crazy. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, we could probably make a graph of whatever genres are in the past like twenty years or whatever, yeah. and it probably is something similar, and not necessarily westerns, but whether it be like a particular revenge type. stories or. Uh, yeah. Or like um, ensemble whatevers, and you know what I mean. Like I think I'm it's harder sure now like, with subgenre or with uh, the genre blend. Wow, genre blending. Yeah, I mean, but still, I think what. Okay, so yeah, maybe you can't actually necessarily say something it's hard, the genre. It's much harder now, but maybe, definitely maybe you can that's, categorize movies. Um, maybe that's why, because like superhero movies, like you throw them this con- yeah. in this container. But realistically, like like Civil War or Winter Soldier was kind of a spy thriller like it was it was mm-hmm. a type of genre right but it's just it's that's what contained I was saying. I think in it's a marvel movie yeah, yeah, yeah. slow down yeah. because otherwise they're still doing pretty good on changing up the like the formula for their for their movies and i think i mean i think i told you before i'm not really like super excited for the next phase i'm just kind mm-hmm. of i'm waiting on to see what will happen but right. otherwise i'm not i'm not actually well like, you're kind of always it. like that you try I mean, to keep your expectations down I try to keep them. I, I really am. You know like, what I mean, like, I am right now. Honestly, though, with as far as Marvel goes, like they keep on having all these announcements. Oh, this is the next movie. This is the next movie. I'm like, oh look, we canceled something else. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> like, okay, cool, okay, cool. But but I'm not. It's it does seem a little different. Like I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm mm-hmm. gonna enjoy it. But it's not something that I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Type thing. But it's also it's also how some people felt about the westerns. Yeah, that's okay. That makes and sense. again, less social media, less. No social media. Mm-hmm. All you get is new p- newspaper print. All you're seeing is billboards. <laughs> well, there might have been westerns that like, <laughs> um, maybe were only shown on like the east coast, and then there was westerns that were being shown on the west coast. And yeah. so, even though they're making a thousand, doesn't mean that like it's necessarily distributed. A thousand right in the theaters all at the yeah. same time in all the theaters. Um, was which definitely theaters? makes it. Hmm? I guess there was movie theaters. How would you show the movie? I don't know. Anyways. Um, <laughs> But it, it definitely, like, again, the numbers do still speak a story, but it's uh, you do have to kind of look into it a little bit as to why that would be the case. Because, I mean, think about it. If you have a thousand, or not a thousand studios, if you have, like, a hundred studios that may or may not, like, present a film on several screens, technically, another studio may be able to look at something and be like, oh, we haven't, there's no Western movies out right now. But it's because the studio that made the last Western movie only did it on, like you say, like on the West Coast or something yeah. like that. And so they're presenting... Limited release and all that. Yeah. Well, that and... I mean, well, not, I'm, I'm ma- sure. mainly not by choice. Yeah, I'm but. sure there's <laughs> so many studios. And, and now there's what, like... Ma- I don't even know if there's 10 major... Mi- major studios, yeah. yeah. And then there's a couple independents. But there was probably hundreds of studios back then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so there's two main... Uh, westerns there as i was saying there's kind of the, the classic western and those are always like really shiny and heroic and then while the like kind of the revisionist westerns they're usually kind of dark and edgy are you talking about the ones that try that like play around with real historical events and they put their, uh, their shining shining night on on the screen as I, I think they try like i try i think they're trying to well i mean as you know like like somebody does something and they and then it keeps happening and then it kind of becomes a trope and i think it's them trying to move away from trope and trying to make it more a realistic western instead of like like because you know like a lot of these classic westerns they have the the no-name hero he comes in and he saves the day and then he's like i'm out of here but i think uh um, i've got a ride yeah on my horse 
there's it, probably a little bit more um, character development, uh, character centric stories, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and their internal conflicts, and you know, like they're, they're just kind of expanding on it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like I think, I mean, when you're talking about like the revisionist stuff, like and trying to, I mean, if you really think about the era of going west, it's really dark. Um, like a lot of people died trying mm. to. Uh, well, not necessarily even from like gunfights and stuff no, like that. Just just because it's hard. It's it was extremely difficult. To I mean, take I've all pl- of your belongings. I've from, played the Oregon Trail, so. I, and I got dysentery every time. <laughs> um, it is extremely difficult <laughs> to make your way across a country in a covered wagon, and then you lose your oxes, so. right? And you're trying to forge the river. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ford. Um, <laughs> I just like saying for George because they threw uh, a J in there for some reason. Anyways. Did they really? In in the Oregon Trail? I think so. Oh, well, I, I, I could be mistaken. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so um, yeah. That being said, I mean, also we have a very very dark past of the United States in terms of starting with the initial colonists. Oh man, but is it good inspiration for movies? Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, some, so there are some movies that actually explore the traumas that's dealt with after having done oh, the I was atrocities. Ta- I was talking about like, like MK Ultra, like, uh, the the you know what the MK Ultra is? Uh, oh, the sleeper people. No, it's it's them. It's the United States, the CIA doing experiments on brain control and like using right. LSD and all that. But like then the sleeper, supposed sleeper agents and whatnot, they're trying to like, like if yeah, they, if okay. they can erase certain memories and implant other memories and stuff like that. Well, they're trying to get people to use psychic abilities. Like that was a legit thing. And then oh, it, and, the, then, the and then it moved movie. on to Stranger Things. Like they actually said MK or MK Ultra in Stranger Things. So isn't that the men who talk to goats or whatever? Or oh, you know what? It might be. Yeah. But that's not a Western. And neither is Stranger Things. Or we do that so often. Anyways. But <laughs> what I was trying to say is that like there are movies where they try to uh they try to handle the trauma, but like you said, it's uh it's not very um uplifting in a movie. Yeah. So you th- you tend to rewrite it and Well say, that's this that's is probably where the revisionist comes from. Right. Yeah. It's, they have to they got to bring a hu- I mean, they want to add a little bit of realism to like, it think of things like a like the pocahontas story like mm-hmm. how how inaccurate that is and i don't even want to like actually get into that but that would almost be along the lines of the, the classic type you know yeah um but yeah they haven't turned that one to a live action yet it's only a matter of t- actually you know what they probably they just, will never do it i think they recently announced who did they announced i don't know it doesn't matter I highly doubt they're going to do it. I think that one right there is kind of one of the few stories because it's not necessarily a fairy tale. It's actually mm-hmm. like a real based on a real life event. I mean, technically Mulan is too, but they yeah. change a lot of things in the new one too. I'm still find a way. I'm sure they will. That's going to be hard for them. Disney's going to have to jump over a lot of hurdles and satisfy a lot of groups to make sh- to make that one happen. I feel so like all the other add, ones. It's like fantastic. I said, it'll be more revisionist and it'll, it'll make it more realistic and and. I think they'll. Do you know you know the real story behind it though, right? I mean, we can talk about that during the break because it's definitely yeah, not westerns. But let's, yeah, let's do that, and then you guys can look it up during the break as well, listening yeah. audience. Yeah. Um. So we're talking about revisionists and like some of the subgenres that of westerns that came out of re- revisionist wester- westerns is um. Uh, so th- uh, like the the cattle punk, which is uh, it, it's actually there's like a 
There's actually, there's cattle a, punk? Yeah, there's actually even a, a subgenre of cattle punk. They're kind of grouped together. Uh, so it's Western plus sci-fi, uh, steampunk, and and this one called punk punk. And honestly, I spent a ton of time trying to figure out what the heck punk punk, punk, punk was. What and is then punk I, punk? I still don't know. Like I I spent the time like looking it up, and I was like, okay, I'm investing way too much time trying to understand this. So. You didn't feel it to be necessary anymore. Uh, it was. It was. Too, it was like, because I felt like uh, the more I dove into it, the more confusing it was. So, if you really like, if you really want us to know what it is, you can contact us at mvgpodcast at gmail dot com. Soon to be, possibly at mvgpodcast on Twitter, and you can just DM us. Yeah, because we're getting with the the new age. Actually, I'm with the new age. You're getting with the new age. I well, <laughs> I was with the new age at the time, and then I was like, social media is kind of boring. I I do like Twitter though. You know who's resistant to the new age? Um, old people. Westerns. Oh, that's a good call. Actually, isn't that isn't that's a subgenre too? Is the coming of the new age? Actually, uh, uh dude, give me a second. I'll get to that one. I just well, I just <laughs> like I was, it's just like that, that is actually like, yeah, that's yeah. like a big genre, or that's like a big like subgenre of Western. Yeah. So, well, another one, uh, I mean, Space Western, and that's that's Mandalorian, and actually the original Star Wars, like, there's definitely aspects of a Space Western in that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Weird West, which is actually, it's Westerns plus supernatural elements, so maybe like uh, Jonah Hex, or my game that I designed called Solace, that I don't even know if you even remember me talking about that one. That's yeah, okay. I we'll do. move past it. No, I remember it. <laughs> I poo-pooed it. You didn't poo-poo it. I said it needs a lot of work. It, Anyways. Well, it needs, yeah, it was rough draft. Uh, the New Old West, which is like no a... rough draft, only final. Okay. Uh, it was like a modern day Western. Uh, so instead of horses, they have cars. So maybe like, actually the, the Fast and Furious is uh, could totally be considered a, a modern Western. Lame. Um, oh, actually, I, I forgot. I found this, this quote actually uh, by the director. It says, what we're doing with the Fast and Furious in a sense, is taking the Western and recreating it in a contemporary urban, I don't know what that word is, something. Uh, you could even throw in, like, Top Gun. You could throw in Die Hard. I mean, so the Fast and Furious thing, it should be subtitled and say, what we're doing is making more money off you fools. <laughs> um, nine times over? Is it nine times over? <laughs> there, nine's in the works. <laughs> well, then they have the, the whatever in Hobbs. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, I still want to see that. That's good. It was good. So, uh, Die Hard could be. I mean, it's you know his, his whole yippee ki and so okay. So you can you can generalize and say that a lot of movies can be genres, or it could be of the well, western the cl- genre. Yeah, but the, we the definitely need to start to define that before we can start telling. Okay, everything that's that a is. good point. That's a good point. Uh, well, I'll just I'll get through the rest of these uh, subgenres. So there's Samurai Cowboy, kind of what we're talking about with the uh, Mandalorians part of that. Uh, Dawn of the Wild West. And that's going from colonial U.S. to the Wild West. And I think I talked about this in the romance one, Far Away. Mm-hmm. No, I guess that wouldn't be. It. It's like the very beginning of building the frontier, you know, like before mm-hmm. it's even started. And I, I really can't think of a good example yeah, of that There is one. such thing as the, the pre-West Western. So mm-hmm. everybody moving West, right. which is the journey West, that being, which is a, yeah, that's a, that could be it. That's a subgenre. What's that Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he uh, gets eaten by a bear or whatever? Oh, 
that's so good. It the is really good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually during that time, but like you could easily take that movie and have it about them trying to build towns and mm-hmm. this is the stuff that happened when they're trying to establish the west or whatever yeah so I mean, um west dirty place man yep uh and then there's the as you were saying the, the twilight of the wild west is the last days of the cowboy and you could totally say that like logan is that because he's kind of the last of the old x-men yeah but i mean the twilight of the cowboy is, is one thing but like the twilight of an era is i think a genre in and of itself like it's typically a re- revolves around passing like the old to the new kind of thing well it like it kind of revolves around like you know the, the last cowboy type type thing right well i mean all a lot of things can be connected uh to being to westerns but not necessarily everything can be considered a western i think that because it does seem like a, a base genre that does cover a lot of things, mm-hmm. you can almost say everything's a Western, really. I yeah. mean, just a subgenre of Western. But in terms of oh, this is very true. It yeah. it really is. That's why that's why when like it, it, it really is like the start of so many things. I mean the, the, the fantasy western that like the Dark Tower series, but honestly I could I, there's still plenty more subgenres of Westerns. Right. That you could really get into. Um but but honestly, like the one thing that happened when I was doing all this research is it just it made me want to do so much more research. I actually wanted to really watch all these classic films and then I'm like, I have too many kids, I have no time for this. Right. So <laughs> what we're gonna do when we get back from the break is we're actually gonna define what a Western is. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. Will has a lot of shoes. That's what we determined during the break. I like shoes, man. What can I say? Cowboy? You have any cowboy boots? I don't. Does Adidas make cowboy boots? Not yet. But they can't. Hi, Adidas. You want to make some cowboy boots? <laughs> I don't know if I'll wear them, but somebody will. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is somebody will. <laughs> somebody you will. You are 100% correct. Especially if you sell them for like $200 and say they're like a limited run. Heck yes. And then if you get Beyonce... To, to model them i mean you could and i think you'd have to pay her a crap ton of money yeah. um well but that just happened like she just she, oh, came she just released the line yeah and, and it's already like, it's sold out it's in like six out. seconds so crazy it's insane because she has quite the following and then like all of her friends got uh got the got like big old boxes that were like tv size boxes of, of clothes of clothes and shoes and in, in outfits and whatnot and i'm like man they're set for the next be, like 20 years i want to be friends with, with beyonce, beyonce. Yeah. i think she seems like a decent person she probably is like really cool i mean i really don't know anything about beyonce as like a person i'm sure well she has like an insane work ethic but i don't yeah. i don't think that would interfere with her being like a like a good person because i mean think about it have you heard any controversy about beyonce no not at all ever mm because it probably isn't because yeah. she's probably like i just make music i perform and then i go home and i spend time with my kids and my husband oh actually uh i've only heard positive things actually now i think about it. you remember when uh kanye like got up on stage and was like really pissed that that person got it over beyonce got with yeah 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 and then beyonce actually like got up on stage and was like hey hey Let's let's give Taylor her her time or yeah, whatever. Because yeah. we're all artists here. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, she's good. Oh, I like Beyonce now. That was pretty cool of her. Oh, yeah. 
All right. She's so, a cool person. But she's never been in a Western before. That What is a Western? Are you sure? <laughs> Maybe she has. <laughs> On the next break, I'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of interesting if she had. Um, so th- next we're going to talk about the thematic essentials of a Western. And yes. I found so this. In other words, we're defining what a Western yeah. is. <laughs> so I got this from uh, LutonBus.net and uh, the author was uh, Brandon Moore. And uh, number one is isolation and separation from broader civilization elsewhere. uh, The key being that social structures are limited and mostly of their own making. Uh, So it's also important that like the character's isolation is voluntary and they're separated. They have separated themselves from civilization by choice. Oh, the the whole I'm a a lone cowboy. I do things on my own. Like, okay, like that whole... Like, how many times do you see that in Westerns where, like, like there's, like, the damsel or whatever, and she's like, but why don't you stay? I can't. I've got to ride this path by myself. <laughs> and then, like, and then he just rides off into the sunset by himself. Yeah. Just, there's actually an episode of Mandalorian that's just like that. I know. And we'll talk about it next week. I know. <laughs> uh, so the challenge of the frontier and its freedom is the preference to settle society. And uh, the protagonist is often a loner among outsiders. And you know what's, I, who is a total cowboy? Is uh, is Daryl from The Walking Dead. Yes. Like, he would way prefer just to be away from everyone. But just because he would feel like a terrible person if you let anything happen to them. Right. That's the only reason he stays. Right. But always the cowboy ends up riding into town to help out the people. Mm-hmm. With his crossbow. And motorcycle. His steed. Sure. Um, and But then always ends up leaving afterwards. Or yeah. is adjacent. Or I'm just the whistle away. If ever you read me. <laughs> just that kind the of whistle th- away. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, always, it's always that kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I like this. Uh, what? what? I was just that? I was just thinking of like... Like the 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 walking like kind of they yeah kind of like that but they turn they they use uh like a musical instrument to kind of make that sound yeah I actually immediately thought of the Monty Python thing with the coconuts oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay anyway funny uh, yeah so uh, number two is the relentless pressure or presence of in untamed nature uh, great emphasis on terrain and the vastness of the landscape um yeah. I mean, whether it be from like from the from like the twilight or not twilight, sorry, from the from the dawn of the Western era films mm-hmm. to the twilight, there's always like like showing just how much there is. Oh yeah, and then showing how they do a lot of wide shots. Yeah. Well, not a lot, but they definitely well, it's there's landscape. an emphasis in, emphasis on it. Yeah, yeah, because if I mean, really, I mean, the idea of a Western is that the West was untamed, and that's why everybody was moving there and that's what made conflict is mm-hmm. that whether it be an established town is overrun by bandits or whatever that's the the west itself yeah um showing its character um, well i mean so it goes two ways like sometimes just you know that vast landscape is just is just simply the background mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they use it as like like the hero needs to survive this frontier you know right. like their encounter with coyotes and stuff right like that. or they get they get bit by a snake and and how does this cowboy survive this somehow and he just cuts off his leg um <laughs> but then they, there's always those nice shots with like the cowboy it's like it's like sitting in front of a fire with mm-hmm. the, with this horse just grazing right nearby or whatever and like and like he has i don't know like a 
something over the fire or whatever. And then he's like sitting there staring at the stars. And then like it's just like looking at the landscapes. I also think that's another reason why people like Westerns is it's uh the what what it shows is what the US is still technically in certain places, but most of it's like, you know, paved over because yeah. of whatever and a lot of people a lot of people everybody likes the landscape everybody likes like um mm-hmm. like the they go the to the grand canyon by, yeah the yeah. untouched by man kind of scenery um and i think i mean westerns always personify that because they, again like we were saying it's before a time where technology ruled everything and it was yeah, you uh, could literally have a town somewhere and nobody even knows it exists yeah population of 25 <laughs> yeah um, and then there's that one no person No incest that, ever happening. Hmm? No incest ever happening. Somehow. Um, I mean, if everybody... Well, when the lone stranger comes in, and then he impregnates everyone. But nobody knew that it was him that did it, <laughs> because he was really stealthy with his. Um, well, then, well, no, I mean, his kids are going to be the same as him, and they're going to be like, I got to do this on my own, and they're going to go to their own all town, the, and they're oh. going to impregnate all of them. And so what you're saying is we're all the sense of cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, kind of. Um, so, so also, does that mean that all cowboys have male children? So, with classic westerns, uh, so part of that that um, danger of the of the of the frontier, as they personified it with Native Americans as like these savage. You know, Part like of the revision uncivil. Thing, yeah. yeah, it's definitely like the revisionist westerns. They they definitely turn that cliche on its head quite often. Like uh, and I don't even I barely remember this movie. I don't remember. Do you remember Dances with the Wolves? Nope. Okay, then we can't talk about it. But to be honest, I do not know that I've seen very many westerns. Mm. I have. I know, I know. I have seen a couple, but not many in recent time. I think like the, the classics. One, you mean? Right. The last one I think I saw was like. I guess Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a technically yeah, a lesson. I never saw that one. Um, and that, that one's on Netflix. And then, Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. It's a Coen Brothers thing. It's pretty good. Oh. Um, but then before that, the last time one I saw was the remake of 310 to Yuma. So I'm not really sure if I'm the expert. Yeah, on. I still never saw that one either. I mean, I watched plenty of Westerns when I was younger. Um, I might have watched I don't want to say plenty. I remember watching, like, I watched Gunsmoke. And I think I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I saw Bonanza. But I didn't like watch every single episode. It was. Did you watch Little House on the Prairie? I think I've I think I've seen reruns of that as well. It's not like I'm I remember sure it. I have too. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, going to number three um, is justice over law, and uh, th- so the law is neutral, impersonal concept implemented and imposed by impartial authorities. It's supposed to be. Yeah, I I, I put in the parentheses. Pause for laughing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Western, the law is implemented when it is useful, but otherwise is ignored in favor of direct and immediate justice. That justice being a personal justice. Right. I mean, it's usually either personal justice brought about by like a sheriff or a deputy or somebody mm-hmm. or this lone character that's riding at the town taking justice into his own hands yeah. because of course nobody else would do anything about it and the only way to accomplish something is by or you know of your own volition if you will um which yeah 
So definitely brings up some questions sometimes when you're watching these. You're like, uh, excuse me. Oh, I actually <laughs> think it. I oh, I think it's really good. So I'll, I'll finish these two things. Mm-hmm. So uh, you take justice into your own hands, and you can't rely on someone else to provide justice. Even if you are a lawman, you can't be restrained by technicalities of the judici- judicial system. And then the priority is keeping peace and protecting the people in your care. If the law helps enforce that then so be it. But if it does not, then the law be damned. It's kind of like, I am the law type thing. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain, like, truth that that brings mm-hmm. and how, like, kind of, how well, they it have relates it, to today. They have it as, like, like, so but during the Western times, they had it kind of like, well, the law is written by these soft-handed men living hundreds of miles away type thing. And, like, this this is the, this is the frontier. This isn't, this isn't the city. Right. Well, I mean, but they also like view it the law as malleable. It's not necessarily um, set in stone. Like where nowadays everything, I mean, it's rel- it's set in stone to a point where there's a whole bunch of systems to make sure that all of the things happen like they're supposed to, with mm. whom they're supposed to, against whatever they're supposed to. Whereas if you look at a lot of the westerns, what happens is like you have a sheriff who has right. his own interpretation, his or her own mm. interpretation of the law. And then that's carried out that way. And then usually, again, it's like a character that comes in not knowing how that thing is run. And it's usually like, well, you you must not be around or from around here. And because, of course, things are different in every different little region or whatever. And so usually what ends up happening is like you have a character that's looking at how the law is and seeing how how either corrupt it is how badly run it is or how it's not mm-hmm. i don't know uh compensating for something that's very unique to this environment maybe it's just something that they heard from the last town over can, or something like that and it's a can you think of any conflict in a marvel movie that has a character that's like that there might have been kind of a, a conflict between two characters they might have gone to war i don't know was it a civil one it, it was a war. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking about that, and realistically, Captain America is kind of the he's, he kind of takes on the cowboy role in this because he's saying that like, you know, you, they have their law, but that law can be corrupted. Like my justice is kind of is in that instance is trumping, you know, the law, and then right. which is weird that Tony Stark's like, no, 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 there's well, a I mean, law for a reason. Yeah, but there's a, that's a common thread for a lot of superheroes. It's usually a lot of vigilante justice because yeah. they always kind of. Well, I mean, vigilantes are kind of cowboys in their own right. Right. Um, which again, again, I think, and I and I'll probably say this a couple of times throughout the podcast for this uh, for this one, that westerns are definitely comfort food just because they define a lot of things. Mm-hmm. There's not typically too much gray area and but they're you read really it. they really are the westerns re- really are a good building block for what cinematography has become right of course i mean i guess a lot of the stuff could be kind of obvious i don't know a lot of the things that we take for granted in filmmaking yeah, and story writing comes from what <laughs> what Somewhere. is yeah it has to um but it's usually defined in in a way by a lot of the things that I guess you can look at as tropes in mm-hmm. westerns. Yeah. Um and then usually as with everything whether it be storytelling, um music uh music songwriting, um video game stories, books, whatever, there's always a level of if somebody's writing something, either they're going to write it completely from their own experience or they're going to write it from their own thoughts on how these things should be written 
or right. they're going to look at a specific thing and they're going to want to turn it on its head. And a lot of the times, if you look at a lot of these movies, you can actually draw a line back to Westerns and whether it be, I'm going to subvert the whole black and white thing and yep. I'm going to introduce gray. I'm going to subvert the whole black is He's bad and white is good. Still what I was going to say. I was like, yeah, that's, that is classic Westerns. And actually they were filmed in black and white, but... uh <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're right. Certain ones they actually have people in black hats and have people in white hats. That's classic westerns. That's just that's just basically how it is. Yeah. They really do. Oh yeah, and, and, <laughs> and you, you, know, you start watching, you're like, oh, that's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, that's true. Um, so number four, and I actually thought you were gonna you were gonna lead into it on your own, but um, mm. so there's the preoccupation with codes of conduct and honor um kind of like that's not how you treat a lady you know there's this, there's like these unwritten codes that the that the frontier has that kind of supersede like they don't even supersede the law they're they're more they're more the law than than the law i guess essentially so one of the funny things about the fact that they're like that codes are so often like uh referred to mm-hmm. is that Again, I I, f- I actually feel like the code thing is part of the revisionist thing because a lot of the West had no code. It was right. pretty much you were like given a voucher to claim land, and that's and you did it, and then you lived life according well, to how you like. You're, you're right. So you're, you're right. These codes are it. these codes are in the film, and but I would imagine that. Uh, I mean, go ahead. To have a large group of people in a scattered region mm-hmm. um, to be able to, you know, establish trade and to be able to like establish relationships and, and communities and stuff like that. Of course, codes, laws have to they come develop. Place. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That being okay. said, um, and I guess this could be part of the evolution of the genre as well is that, I mean, if you start at the, if you start at the dawn of the cowboy era or the dawn of the Western era, um, like moving West, like you think about it's usually consi- like that first part is usually always portrayed as like the there was so much trouble getting to this place and that place mm-hmm. there was so much right. trouble like knowing what to expect and getting through this mountain pass and blah 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 and then as you move along um it's like it's like you 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 switch from the environment being from environment being the bad guy to people being the bad guy to Adva- or sorry, <laughs> uh, the new era being the bad with, guy. It starts with zombies being the bad guy, and then it's other people that are the bad guy, and then it's the environment because eventually you got to learn that. Or sorry, not the environment. Then it's moving to a new era, so people refusing to change, um, being the bad guy, if you will. Mm. Um, because usually in those ones, it's always like the trains being portrayed as the bad person because mm. it's always the train mag- magnate <laughs> that was like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> so for like the classic Westerns, it really like, so we were talking about this, you know, we were talking about that unwritten code, mm-hmm. but like its inhabitants, uh, like the strife in him is, is basically usually them picking a side of that code of whether or not they want to follow it or if they want to completely dismiss it. Right. I think a big hallmark thing is actually that, is that black and white that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, it's a very much like, are you good? Are you bad? How do you show it? Um, you know, one interesting thing though is in Western. So if like, if you're following that code, Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily follow like the city law hundred percent, like in the, in the frontier, they're, they're accepted. They're like, okay, yeah, but at least you're, 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 you're not, 
you're not you're treating women okay and yada right. yada yada where oh, that idea like sorry that idea that like if you uh it doesn't matter that you don't or that you kill people as long as you don't kill women and kids yeah that type of thing yeah. but then it can go the other way around where like the 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 city guy comes in and uh and he's obeying the law but then like he violates some of the codes and yeah. they're like get a rope <laughs> yeah we, we don't we don't shoot people after sundown boy <laughs> um yeah it's a you know it's, it's kind of interesting too this is this is like this isn't related to the films but if you took somebody from like the western era and brought them to today i feel like they would be like disgusted in how we live our society and then obviously it's the other way around you know again it's probably it's mainly because there's a defined black and white as in but now there's so much gray area there's so much uh interpretation mm-hmm. whereas if you look at a lot of these western films there's well there's not, right and wrong yeah they're very defined and there's now not, it's there's not how how do you interpret the law no it's you're wrong mm-hmm. you kill the person yep within our city bounds you're gonna hang it's simple as that that's what we do um uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like and nowadays it's like oh why did well, you kill that person well did, yeah it's is philosophical there, was it self, yeah was it self-defense could you were you did you fear for your life also was there a way to subdue the person without killing the person what could, could you have taken another method to do this also the way was, that you killed the person was that premeditated <laughs> but, but was you know there I mean? a trolley with people tied to it did you pull a switch and they make it go to the other people what if you push someone off a do bridge to stop the train you, just, or, you have yeah. superpowers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot too um <laughs> Um, I forget where I was going. So sorry, that's okay. So some of the uh, some of the classic um, westerns. I guess one of the first ones actually was uh, you ever heard of the Great Train Robbery? This was made in like 1903. I'm pretty sure I've heard of it, yeah. like referred to, but I, in terms of me ever like even seeing any kind of screens of this movie, no, <laughs> I've never seen. It. But it's in it's in the it's on YouTube. You actually watch it. It's a silent film. I should have watched it. I should have just watched it beforehand. Should. Uh, but one of the big ones was, I'm sure you've heard of a stagecoach. I've heard of a stagecoach. Is that, <laughs> is that, are we talking about a movie called Stagecoach? Yeah, it's a movie called Stagecoach. So this was made no. in like 1939, and it's the one that made John Wayne and the director, John Ford. Like they're, That's what made them into stars. Also, um, the name John became popular. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so, Sorry. Apology to all the Johns out there. <laughs> the bathrooms? I like immediately after I said that I was like, technically you could refer to one's genitalia as a John as well. So well, that's weird. Yeah, that's why I just I that's why I like oh crap that was that was weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I'm gonna leave it in though. Um, that's fine. So the author of this article, uh, they were saying that, um, as as far as stagecoach goes, uh, this movie had the ideal balance of character, action, and comedy that movies have been chasing ever since. And then uh, that it's kind of the originator of the style that people associate with Marvel Studio movies, and and people kind of complain about that with Marvel Studio movies about how like, well they they say like, oh we're not here to watch it. We're here to watch a superhero movie. I'm not here to watch a comedy and all that. But yeah, but the the reason why Marvel movies are so popular is because they are like you were saying earlier mm-hmm. a melding of genres. They are right. But I again, I still think that there's so much underlying that makes them comfortable. Like you know, mo- 
you can almost predict how Marvel movies will turn out because right. well, of the with, formulas they use. Yeah, you can with westerns too. Right, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Again, well, classic westerns. One, one of the things that westerns again give you is a formula. You get you know usually what you're going into, and if even if the your expectations are subverted and you have like a twist or whatever, it's usually not to a point where it throws the genre off. It's just to a point right. where it's just good storytelling to you know, subvert uh, a couple of things. You can't always be exactly the same, but a lot of people do enjoy the exact same. There's something, uh, there's something to be said about the, like the comfort of going, you know what you're going. There's people who rewatch friends to this day, all 10 or ten I don't, seasons, 10 seasons of that show. It's not because I don't think my old roommate th- watched it every time before he we went to bed. He like fell asleep to friends. Right. And, and it, if you think about it, it's, it's, you know, what's going to happen. You know how things are going to turn out. You know where the canned laughter is going to be. Comfort. It's definitely comfort, and I think that a lot of the the people who disparage uh, the the uh, the Marvel movies is because they're looking too deeply into it. But usually, I bet you those same people when they go to the theaters, if they were to write two reviews, one based on uh, one based on entertainment value, and then mm-hmm. the other based on uh, oh the actual cin- like yeah. the 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 cinephile an- analyzation of the movie. One of them would probably say middle of the road, and the other one would say, "I'm at like at the top, nine ten mm-hmm. out of ten, that yeah. kind of thing," because that's what the, the movies are very very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I even say that some of the movies kind of suck when it comes to storytelling because yeah, they they you know what's going to happen, but at the same time, it's very entertaining the journey that you take. So then you you average those out, and you always end up with a good movie. Yeah. I was, I was so I was kind of thinking about remember what Mark, Martin uh, Scorsese and all that stuff where he's like oh these Marvel movies aren't even, they're not even films, but then I thought about what like the stoge, stagecoach thing I'm like well if this is doing the same thing that the Marvel movies were doing I mean like it's just Marvel movies are doing it with a with a sheen of CG mm-hmm. and and through the lens of, mm, of comic okay books. that makes sense what he's trying to say then okay and and if really when it comes down to it. Um, he if you if you really look into what he was saying he actually used the words like film and cinema mm. which there's a, a <laughs> to a, him it probably means something different than yes, yeah. there's a group of people who look at movies i, I guess, differently I guess, than film and cinema yeah like, the, like i gotta you're not say gonna show, sorry you're not gonna show marvel movies at sundance or right. cans right because right, those, right. those are for Again, what certain groups of people Arts. call film yeah. and cinema, whereas mm-hmm. Marvel movies are their comfort. They're just, yeah. yeah. I, I just had, I got throughout that I'd had no problem with Mar- Martin Scorsese saying this stuff. I was Neither like, did I. I was like, because I was like, he has opinion, an opinion. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally fine. And it's kind of weird that people are getting a little up in arm. But I mean, you're defending the thing that you love, though. And yeah. I think so. A lot of people do love the Marvel movies, and to hear somebody disparage them as not being real movies or whatever. I think a lot of people like to uh, go back and refer to Marvel's ability to make money, um, and they're like, "Well, then you know, uh, uh, this many million people wouldn't have gone and seen the movie if it wasn't a real movie or whatever, or if it wasn't a real film." And then you know, there's uh, other people saying, "Look at this journey this person takes. The hero's journey is da da da, and this and that." And yeah, you can actually. I mean, you you can make arguments all kinds of ways, but the way, him having an opinion has nothing really to do with my opinion of it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I like, guess that's one way thing. to look at it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so getting back to the Westerns. So I'm just going to list them off. Uh, so Shane, 1953, My Darling Clementine, Red River, High Noon, and Rio Bravo. And so if you're really Are curious these about the essentials, uh, this is what he listed as the essentials. Who's and he? this, uh, that's that uh, Brandon Moore. And honestly, like okay. he, he definitely seems like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to Westerns from his article and so i forgot you went down a rabbit hole when you were doing research yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so if you are curious about um some westerns the the which, watch sorry the, which article is that because i'm i linked uh, all, all the things oh i have no oh i have the link in the in the other document is this the one for the atlantic uh lutonbus.net okay cool um and with that should we just go and take a break yeah, why Let's not? Let's just do it. What are we going to talk about after the break? Uh, the six story arcs that define Western literature according to data miners. Sweet. So, were there pizzas in the Westerns? I think so, yeah. Oh, I mean, technically, yeah, you could cook it in like a wood stove or whatever. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, I'm going to have pizza. <laughs> so during the break, I was looking on my phone and like there was some gif of like this deer shooting uh, six shooters in both hands. And all of a sudden he like put them on his antlers too and shot from his antlers. <laughs> what? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's what I saw. It was weird. You, you have some weird internet services like there, a, sir. Well, it was Kotaku. For what? <laughs> I have no clue. I did not click on the article yet. So okay. anyway, um, so now we're going to get into uh, those six story arcs that define the Western literature according to data miners from Discovery Magazine. So they actually went through and like grabbed like a thousand Western novels, and they wanted the f- and they wanted to find the biggest story arcs associated with novels. So you know, or with been, westerns. That's been like a actually I wouldn't say recent necessarily, but it's become more I guess more prominent recently ever since uh google started actually like um processing like all of these books that are mm-hmm. in print and then right. actually getting them scanned in and and uh moved to like text format and not just like uh, pdfs or whatever mm-hmm. um there's been a lot of studies on whether or not like they're looking at like a uh, like the way the the way words are used uh how often words are used i think the other oh day- yeah you're talking about that in one of the other podcasts i don't remember what word yeah. it was but yeah, like looking at the et- etymology of words and like mm. how they evolve and like how a certain word can actually see like a resurgence in literature and stuff up and like through certain areas. I really eras. wish I remember the word that had a resurgence. Yeah, because um, it was something that I use actually on a normal basis and mm. it does sound kind of old timey. But like, yeah, um, when it, when you mentioned that we were going to do like uh, that, we're going to do something like this where like somebody data mined that, like the first thing that came to mind was like, yeah, Google started a project trying to get as much literature as it possibly could to like figure out. Um, and I'm pretty sure they've also had like AIs that write based on the, the thing right? Uh, or based on all the information that they get scanned oh, in. And oh, really? Yeah. And like, huh. so the AI can put together a certain story. I think uh, they've had an AI write a script before. They've had, I don't know if they've had necessarily AI write like a whole book or whatever. Um, but shoot, AI has done a lot of stuff based on what it finds on yeah. the internet. Um, and apparently we're all doomed. So, uh, because like, uh, what was the the last big one? Oh yeah. They put two AI, uh, chatbots that were connected to, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this cause yeah. I just typed it in and there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. AI bot, 
AI bot writes hilarious Batman movie script. Yep. I can't wait to read it. There was a, yeah, so the, like they had two AIs. They put them in on Facebook. They gave them access to uh, Facebook posts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where they started, they sounded. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, they sounded like, uh, if, first they sound like somebody that you typically see on Facebook, but then it got really weird and they started making up their own language. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But almost, but like it was to a point where their own language was uninterpretable. And then somebody turned into a video about robots taking over the world and this happened. Yeah. Um, (laughs) that being said, like I said, we're all doomed, but like it was weird. Like, cause I think they started first, they started being racist, um, because that's what they, what? Yeah. Both the, the The chatbots started being, yeah, because they, that's what they're finding on Facebook. So mm-hmm. it becomes part of their, their, uh, nomenclature, <sighs> nomenclature, I think is the word. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they start integrating that stuff into the speech. But then again, like I said, they eventually switch it over to this new language that they created, which was like, it blew my mind because at the same, cause it, if so you it's think, like shorthand it's like racism. Uh, nobody knows what they were saying. Oh, okay. Oh, um, it's uninterpretable after that. It was like pig Latin. Like okay, so like when kids, you know, when they're young, well, yeah, I know what you're talking when about when everybody's talking backwards or the and whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's weird that we can't interpret it first, but also that there was a felt the the AI felt a necessity to make its own language to present its ideas or to present mm-hmm. its interpretation of the world. Which, again, technology is beautiful. Um, it's also scary, but technology is beautiful. But you know what Singularity. era did not have technology? the western westerns um unless it gonna... was like a steam western steampunk western oh sorry when we're doing subgenres, we'll talk about that yeah. kind of stuff uh so the six predominant story arcs uh one of them is the rags to riches and that's the story gets better over time we're like they're just going through and they just keep on having all these great fortunes which seems kind of boring it seems really. really boring but people do like a nice little a little uh, comeuppance, you know? Well, they some might, people like, like nice their... success story. Yeah, like, some people don't like their heroes to... Well, this makes... This makes a lot of sense for, for like, the um, a classic. Because yeah, the, the heroes can't do any wrong, you know? Right. Like, they're just gonna... Like, oh, well, there's 100 total bad guys? Well, I mean, it's just gonna get better because he's got... Now there's 99, now there's 98, now there's 97. Right, and, th- and to be honest, like, there, there's the there's the Western that has, like, the shootouts and, mm-hmm. and the and the cowboy, if you will. But then there's also the Westerns that have, like, the uh, like the, the family development on their big homestead, you know? Yeah, um, and, just, and, and so then that could it's be mostly just protecting system. them, you know? Yeah, they're, the the antagonist would be, like... But there's no downfall. They, they, just, they pretty much are able to raise their family. And like maybe right. they have, like, a baby, and that's, like, the culmination. And the antagonist would be something like a, a like a bad, like bad weather or or, or a, a wolf that's mm-hmm. terrorizing their, their cattle or something like that. But eventually, again, that, that wolf have, gets what's coming to him, or, or the weather finally subsides and... I don't know, and the crops are better than they were last year or something. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so I can see the, the whole rags to riches thing being uh, kind of a popular thing. Uh, so the next one is Man in a Hole, where uh, fortunes... <laughs> okay. Uh, fortunes fall, but the protagonist bounces back, which seems way more like the traditional... Actually, that's kind of the traditional story arc in general. Yeah, because everybody likes to see... Uh, Vulnerability yeah. in their hero. 
Yeah, if you really think about some of like the greatest movies or what's considered some of the greatest movies of our mm-hmm. time, like a lot of them have to do with, with the hero's, failure and then the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, the failure and then the success from from the bottom kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's so, it's weird how formulaic most of this stuff is, and we can't like, and you can almost distill a lot. No, you can distill a lot of modern media down to very precise formulas. Zeros and ones. Zeros and ones. <laughs> uh, so the next one is the, they called it the Cinderella. Uh, there's an initial rise in good fortunes followed by a setback, but but a happy ending. And actually, I guess I'm wrong. This is actually more the traditional hero's journey. Um, I guess the other one would just be the man in the hole just basically means that they start off at rock bottom and the only way they go is, is up. Uh-huh. And this one's kind of a the roller coaster ride. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So one, yeah, one starts at the bottom, moves up, and the other one starts up, down, and then back up again. You know, even though they did these six story arcs, I feel like this is like the main six story arcs of like all stories. <laughs> again, I tell, I was we'll, like I was we'll saying see. at the beginning, westerns <laughs> tend to be what is comfort. Yeah. Well, so, we'll see. Yeah. It's uh, easy to write them too. Yeah. Next one is uh. Well, that's weird. This one's. Tragedy or uh, riches to rags, uh, things only get worse. So, so that would I I kind of feel like that is like those westerns that tell the that's revisionist actual, or like the actual story leading into the west and like how it doesn't necessarily always get better. How the west was lost, type thing. Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, or or really that that idea that like the the savage thing like showing like oh look at these good uh you know what okay yeah that works um look at these look at these good well-meaning white people and doing their thing mm-hmm. and again these are not my words this is usually how it's just per- portrayed these look at these savages coming along and raping and pillaging and and not letting these these pure people make it to the West mm-hmm. where they belong and somehow are entitled to the land. But then like, that's me. Um, but then yeah, somehow making it seem like everybody else is the bad guy and look at these good people and they suffered so much. And then like the movie actually never resolves, never really like makes anything better for them. Right. And just in the end, it's just like pretty much it's like, here's the face of a savage. Don't, don't be that you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like I understand. so i can see the 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 richest to rags story being like a like a like a i don't know like a, a well-to-do family moving to the west and showing like the the strife that they well, went through well if I you put an air quotes up. if you go to like um i really want to know the name of that leonardo dicaprio wilder's movie the one that finally won him an oscar the revenant oh the remnant yeah yeah revenant. Uh, Revenant. Okay, so the Revenant, like, if there wasn't, if he didn't win in the end, it just things got worse and worse. Or actually, if he ended up, I don't remember how the end, movie ended, but if he ended up dying in the end, I, I kind of think that as a things only get worse. Even though, like, no, he was just jacked up in the end. Yeah, but I mean, if he ended up dying, maybe that's maybe that's what they mean by a tragedy type thing. Right. But also, he fought a friggin' bear. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do very good? <laughs> bear jacked him up. It did. Um, I mean, he still won, but that bear jacked him up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oops. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Um, he really should have won an Oscar before that movie. 
even. You Wolf know, of Wall Street, he was so good in it. I'm I'm a, I'm a Leo fan. I'm I mean, a Leo even, fan. Even Django, I would have given not necessarily an Oscar, but even, even like at least a not a nomination. Yeah. Like well, he I might mean, have, he, he might have got it for it. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. It was good. I like Django. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, it was great. Bro, he had like he had like all the roles. I think I already told you that Frank Abagnale Jr. is like was one of my was one of my heroes for a while. The the guy who did all of the stuff. Yeah. Huh, okay. I read his autobiograph- autobiography. It's good. It was a good read. Also, it helps that on top of that, like he did it he all. For, he did it all for the Nookie, by the way. Sure. No, he really did. I like he looked like an adult, and the reason why he did all these things is so that he can meet ladies. Again, Originally, on top of all of that, all of the journey he took, and then eventually worked for the people. Pretty, like I feel oh like yeah, he still like, does. He still I, writes books, and he's, he's well. I'm saying, like, eventually, like, if you really look at it from the outside, it's mm-hmm. like a long con. Like he was like, "Aha! If I do all this <laughs> wrong stuff, I did, and then I prove that I'm the best at doing yeah. all this stuff. They have to hire me because they're gonna want to catch other people." I actually just randomly came across one of his art. Like he had an article. And I, well, I was reading an article, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's Frank Abagnale Jr. That's crazy." Anyway. Uh, so the next one is the Oedipus, uh, which is bad luck followed by promise ending in a final fall. Oh, so like this is those stories where like the, um, uh, so like they're like down on their luck and then eventually, okay. So they're like, you can see a light, Mm -hmm. but the light isn't necessarily like, uh, it's blurry. It's like seven. Kind of. Yeah. But like okay, so it's like this idea like okay, so at the beginning of the movie, there's a whole shootout. The main character gets injured, mm-hmm. and he's like crawling along. Somebody he meets this lady. The lady helps him back or back to health or whatever. But somehow he's still pretty much he got shot in a place where he can't really just heal from bandages right. or whatever, right? And so you think he's a little bit better, but as he's going along, maybe he's defending the justice or something like that. And you see him cough up blood and eventually it gets to a point where he knows he's going to die. And so like your story never quite gets that happy ending that you wanted to, but the main character, the protagonist gets to defend the weak or whatever still. But in the end he ends up getting shot again yeah, and then he dies, right. but he still, still dies uh, defending the peace or whatever. Well, he I might feel like I just gave the story of a whole movie that I've probably seen before. I'm sure but it's like ten other movies. I was actually yeah. I was thinking of the movie Fallen. If you've seen that with Denzel Washington, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's an example. But I mean you could have we something talked about that on the podcast. BTS. Oh yeah, I think we did. Um, I mean you can have an example like just coming up with a quick story. Uh, you have you know some some guy that's you know like he's been hunting this guy for a while. He hasn't been able to catch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he finally like corners him. Everything he thinks he has him, and in the end somehow like we'll just come up with something stupid like the bad guy poisons him he doesn't know he's poisoned he actually like he has him pinned he has the bad guy pinned down he's shot him whatever he's vulnerable and then at the last second (gasps) you know yep and then the bad guy gets away and so that would be that would suck as an ending for a movie that would suck but i would still want to see him kill the person him or her kill the person and then like and then like just not be able to like just not wake up or something like that because they i feel like the whole coughing up blood thing was like a very standard thing back in the day like because they because that told the audience mm-hmm. if you're coughing up blood. also if you think about it the coughing up of blood also had a lot to do with like consumption and stuff uh during during the 
the Western era and like a lot of the diseases that you could get. So mm-hmm. a lot of people right. you can immediately associate it with dying. Um, yeah. And I know even in nowadays in movies, if they need to tell if somebody's sick or if they need to tell if somebody is is poisoned, it usually always has to do with coughing up blood mm-hmm. or like the reddening of somebody's eyes. Um, nowadays, it gets a little. They they try to be a little bit more dramatic about it. They they pale out the person's skin. Well, usually, like yeah, it's usually yeah. You're you're right. Or like but, yeah yeah yeah. And their eyes are like just bloodshot and. But usually, it's always that it's like that napkin or whatever, mm-hmm. and they cough into it. Yeah, and, they cough into and it, and then the camera like immediately like as they pull the napkin away from their 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 mouth or whatever, that camera like focuses on the the thing, and then they're like, oh, and then they like put it in their pocket <laughs> yeah, and hide yeah. it away because they don't want anybody else to see it. Um, but just which, so you all know, if you do cough up blood and you've had a bad cough, it's because of the bad cough, most likely. Oh, unless there's something really, unless there's something really bad behind your cough, causing your cough. Yeah. Um, so the next one or the last one is the, man, I read this, I'm reading this list and I did, I still, I just feel like this is just all movies in general fall under the six things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one is Icarus and, uh, that opens with good fortunes, but doomed to fail in the end. And 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 some of these are kind of a fine line. I mean, all of these actually leave themselves open to be subverted as well. I mean, if you yeah. look at it, like all of them have, it's either like <laughs> they all have the good to bad, bad to good, mm-hmm. good to maybe bad, good bad good, good bad good, good good. You know what I mean? Like the, the but you already know there is going to be a high, there is going to be a low. Where that's going to take place, that's up to you know. I feel like if they. If they just did like a thousand random books in general, mm-hmm. like they would have got the same list. Probably. I don't know. Actually, that's not true. Like if you did romance, you, I mean, not necessarily would it had this, you know, this uh, common story arcs and stuff like that. So I guess that's not true. Um, like, like a James Bond type movie, like a spy thriller, like mm-hmm. those typically do not follow those arcs. I always feel like, again, like I mean, they're probably really good. I've never read any of the initial books or anything. Like, like James that. Bond? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, uh, it feels like the good ones are probably the the ones where everything is subverted, where the bad or the good guy doesn't necessarily win at the end. He wins a battle, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the war kind of thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I like those kinds of things. Um, Actually, one of the things I really liked about the newest... Like, the, the new James the, Bonds are like The that. Daniel Craig ones, where it's like... Yeah, of course you won a thing, but you did not win all the things. And yeah. also, there's a big wide world. One person solving certain problems. Cut off crimes. the head of the Hydra, and another yeah, one goes back. Another yeah, one. I mean that was that. that's kind of a theme of it. Also, consumption is just another word for tuberculosis, and tuberculosis. I have TB. TB. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely common in 1890. Yes, it was very common. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Yeah, pizza time. Cause when you have pizza on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. So we took a really long break, kind of. Oh, I no, forgot it, to show you the reindeer or the, oh, the deer gun thing. It's okay. okay. We'll see that later. <laughs> um, but I, I had that pizza. It was delicious. A little burnt. Uh, but I had that pizza. It was good. Um, and then we talked about. A lot of other things. Yeah, I don't really remember. We video about games. Chrono Trigger, and then... You know, I forgot to add to this uh, podcast was uh, Western video games. Like, Red Dead Redemption is the only one I can really think of. Oh, the Call of Juarez. There's, like, Ark the Lad. No, no, not Ark the Lad. Uh, Wild Arms. Wild Arms, there you yeah. go. Unfortunately, I haven't really 
I mean, I actually, I started Red Dead Redemption and I enjoyed it, but then you know how I am about long games. Yeah. Okay. So that actually, the way you feel about that, I think we've keeps on, we keep, this is a constant thing that comes up. And I actually really think that that might be like a mini episode talking about like the economy of time in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there are a lot of games that we used to play as kids and now I'm trying to replay certain games or like, like I played Chrono Trigger when I was really young and, or I say really young when I was younger, when I was in high school, but that's like, it's like 15 years ago, man. You just dated than, yourself. I know. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, it seems like a long time, but also back then I had more time to do things. Nowadays right. I'm writing and producing and doing a Oh, I say it all the time. I say all the time. Like, if Skyrim came out when I was a teenager, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. And, well, I found myself, like, having to, like, squish in time to play certain games. And Mm -hmm. there's certain games that I can't play because I look at it and go, that's going to take me 600 hours. I have to love a game to put that much into it. But I'm also putting, like, a ton of time into Monster Hunter. But I think that's, again, that's a more or less a labor of love. Like, if you like a game really enough that you'll actually okay you won't put a ring on it because i, I just realized <laughs> that i was just like i feel like it was just going to that We're coming but, back to beyonce huh right there we go um <laughs> we never the, found out if she was in a western either i didn't see anything it did say, oh, okay you did look the, uh yeah they were just talking about like her western style that she was trying to pull off or something yeah. like that i'd say trying to but she probably pulled it off because it's beyonce um <laughs> <laughs> like i don't i don't know if we could doubt her at all at any, <laughs> at any time um what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I look at these games like Monster Hunter and maybe I, I put a lot of time into it because that's pretty much like the only game I'm playing. Mm. But I every once in a while, I'm like, okay, I need a break. So I'm playing Chrono Trigger. But that's also a game that takes a lot of time. So I just play a little bit of it here and there. But like games like, like Divinity Original Sin, I feel like every session is going to take me like, f- I feel like every session has to be four hours or so. And I need to be like yeah. dedicated to it because... I've played it already. I've played... I think I've played like oh. 10, 15 hours of it. And that game is really, really good. Which one? Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Oh, okay. Not a Western. Uh, are you interested in Red Dead Redemption at all? Uh, kind of. But I played the first one and it didn't really... It didn't really pique my interest. But how long was, did you play? The first one I played for the... For, uh, I think 10, 15 hours. Oh, you put... You, you, that's so a got, chunk of I time. I got some yeah. of the good stuff. Um, and then my... Um, Do you want to borrow part two? Sure. Okay. Um, a friend of mine in California, he ended up picking up where my save file left off and just kept on playing. And he got into, uh, he got all the way down into, into Mexico mm-hmm. and, and back. And I was like, wow, this game really like picks up. Oh yeah. But then it's still relatively the same. Yeah, I've, heard, and I've I heard the story. The story actually sounds really awesome, but the story is really good. And the, what I've seen of it, like when he was playing it, like it was definitely like, okay, this is, this is like a really cool game. But it's like it feels like to me like The Last of Us where I watched somebody else play it and I was like, This is a good game, but I'm glad I didn't I didn't do it. Yeah. I, I, that's a hard one to though just watch someone though. Like Last of Us, like I mean it's fifteen hour game, but yeah. Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption, I think I always came in at like the good parts, if you will. Like the mm-hmm. action scenes and the um the shootouts and, and then like the actual like the, the, the dialogue heavy scenes, like the right. ones where the story is being explained, people are going through their their hero's journey if you will and then for that ending which uh, is it spoilers to give away the ending of the first red dead redemption um probably not i mean well, well we give enough pause now that whatever i mean no i mean the game came out like dude the, i i personally think spoilers are just like the hardest thing to determine so uh well i mean and, and the other podcast is a prequel it's not a sequel yeah, yeah. Okay. another podcast i listen to um they talk about how 
they'll talk about something that came out like 30 years ago and people will be like are you serious you spoiled it for me I don't which really is so bizarre i don't care anyways the ending was really good and i'm not i'm just not gonna say it but the ending was really it seemed like it was a really cool like subversion of what you think of like as mm-hmm. the ending and it still had a kind of a happy little thing to it uh but yeah anyways let's uh talk about uh visuals and westerns visuals well, i guess technically we we're still talking about the visuals and westerns so in the video game red mm-hmm. dead redemption like they go from you go from kind of like i want to say kind of like farmland right. um like open prairie kind of thing and then um like i said when you go down to mexico you get kind of like the uh uh that i i I don't know what the actual name for uh for that kind of construction is um but like the where they make the things out of the like a it's not is it mud concrete kind of buildings it's like the stucco looking stuff okay um i don't know what it's called but yeah but it's 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 a very unique architecture it's really um it's something you see a lot in like New Mexico and like Arizona and stuff like that. I think there's just remnants of the times and you it's know. like clay and brick and yeah. stone and but it's like it's a solid facade. It's not actually like it's not made of it doesn't show like yeah. it's made of bricks. Um anyways, the visuals in that game are really good, but it also portrays kind of like the bleakness that usually comes along with uh with a lot of westerns. Right. In terms of if you're seeing them riding their horse, it's just through these planes and it's unobstructed by electricity lines or whatever or um or or i don't know like roads and stuff all you're seeing is just riding through open fields and stuff Mm. and um i feel like red dead one of the reasons why it captured a lot of people the new one and the old one well it's made by uh rockstar so that helps yes but one of the reasons why it captured a lot of people i think is that uh, it was able to render these things in a way where you didn't feel like the game had to hide things from you in order to run them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you're looking off into the distance, you look like you're seeing rolling hills and oh, you, yeah. and you kept on riding and it never loaded. Two looks really does look amazing. Like right. the weather and everything. And I was really impressed. And that's really intriguing. I, um, it's funny because like the games themselves capture a lot of what makes the Western genre so popular right. and what makes the Western genre so um, essential mm. to understanding um, it has to be vast understanding film yeah so one of the things that happened during the break as well is you were uh, looking at a um, oh Quentin Tarantino a Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. interview and he was talking about kind of like it seemed like he was talking about like the understanding of western films and how they like pretty much how they are the base um, and like you can't have this without that you mm. can't have this without that and like you, if you I think I said it a little bit earlier in the podcast is that a west like understanding how um how basic a western can be right is having that knowledge as a base for your knowledge of film makes it a lot easier to figure out how to actually just makes it really a lot easier to figure out how to subvert it right um but yeah well one of the things you uh, uh, i'm glad you remind me of that one of the cool things you're talking about is uh he said no other genre really like uh takes from their their time period quite like uh westerns do um and then i was kind of thinking about star trek star trek's kind of the same way like it kind of takes whatever's kind of the political thing at the time and mm-hmm. works that into a story somehow and and westerns kind of do the same thing i feel like lately though um a lot of uh, a lot of movies whether they 
intend to or not actually do the most same thing. Of, okay. Yeah, they they t- do tend to take a a a situation a sign of of what's happening at the in the current era that mm-hmm. the movie was made, and they tend to use that as like a like a, a backdrop. Yeah, a theme. There we go. Um, like, shoot, are we gonna do a podcast on the Watchmen? We can do that. Okay. That's, so we'll hold off on that. Yeah. yeah, but that definitely does do do does another um, kind of a deep dive into something, mm-hmm. and then through I the guys I mean, through the guise of entertainment. But at the same time, nowadays entertainment has become a uh, has become a statement, and it's meant like entertainment now is meant to be read instead of uh, instead of just I don't know instead of Netflix, if you will. Um, well, you, you kind of like. Kind of like um, talking about like kind of what Childish Gambino did. He made an album, but he also made the story behind it, and it was like a whole compilation of entertainment. Right. So yeah. So what I'm saying, it meant to be. It's meant to be read. I think um, I'm, I'm referring to the idea that whenever you ingest a form of media, you can just uh, you can just enjoy it, leave it at that, walk away from it. Right. But a lot of times nowadays, there's a lot of things to be seen underneath. Right. There's a lot of things to be seen really sometimes on the surface saying, hey, you, there's a problem. Have you recognized it? Boom. Now, some of them can get really preachy about it and some of them can be really uh, subliminal about it. But it definitely has become a bigger thing now for to be to be a sign of it's for every every form of media to have some kind of connection to the world around it, especially when it comes to representation and inclusion. Well, that's Westerns. That's that revisionist going right. back to that. I mean, so Westerns t- tended to do a thing back in the day. I guess now still. Um, they tend to do a thing where they were trying to change things to make the bad guys seem good. Um, and the That's more so revisionist. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but nowadays it's trying to bring all of the bad to light um, and to to shine a light on things that need to be um, addressed, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, well, a lot of times nowadays, they're, they they blur the line between good and bad so much, you know. Right, or like you can't make a good or a bad decision. Or they'll, yeah, or they'll give you, give legit sympathy towards a bad guy because of something that happened to them in their past and explains why they're the monster they are and... Shoot, we should do one on the Joker too. <laughs> There's a ton of stuff we can still do. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's uh, this is wow, that's one of our one of our longer uh, that's average size rant. Um, so let's get back to the visuals. <laughs> average size rant. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I was just going to kind of talk about some of the lighting and and maybe camera angles and okay. uh, and I, I know you've seen this and it, they even used it. Uh, so a lot of times you'll see like the low camera angle and they'll just set it in place mm-hmm. and then the whole posse like rides on by on their horses, mm-hmm. each one, you know? Yeah. Can you visualize this? I've seen it. No, oh, yeah. They don't they 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 do it a lot now. I, I realize that with horses, like like Lord of the Rings did the same thing. They had they had to like focus on each hero and it was like the, the low angle looking up at them. Well, because they have to seem above everything. They have to seem, they have to seem more or less like a pinnacle of. Um, and again, the low angle makes everything bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're trying to. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Um, so <laughs> oh, I gotta cut that out. Um, so so you're trying to. It's more or less a visual aid for for the viewer, mm. whether the viewer knows it or not. And that's oh gosh, that's one of the brilliant things about cinematography. Is, and I think it's that that a lot of cinematographers don't get enough credit for is or sorry cinematographers in conjunction with directors don't get enough credit for is that making things that seem normal to us um or mean something yeah Yeah. like whether whether or not you played with a with a low angle or you played with a shot that um is shot all at once uh, like a single fluid shot Mm -hmm. or maybe say for instance like a um well, when it's like it's a single shot, it adds more tension and right, or there's like no when, break, or like when um, Kubrick um, does the 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 uh, those those cameras where he like slides in and it's just really like it's, he slides and zooms at the same time. It's like a like Phil Collins type sliding. No, <laughs> are we back to Phil Collins now? No, like uh, there's very specific things to certain directors, like mm. in terms of the way they do their camera. But uh, oh yeah, we, we like take uh, it for, we take it for granted that it happened, or like uh, like the Sam Raimi thing, um, like where he like that he has that like that weird shaky um, follow uh, following camera. Mm-hmm. He and then J.J. Abrams loves the solar or the the lens flares, flares, lens flares. Yeah, yeah. And then of course uh, Michael Bay likes explosions. Yeah, um, and then uh, the dude that did three hundred, he loves the. Um, Oh gosh, I can't even. Oh, the thing where you take out the colors and the slow motion mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, uh, they all kind of yeah. have their thing. So I, I mean, again, not giving enough credit for giving you things that you like. You feel something is really epic, but you don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you think it's the music. You're not really looking at. Oh, it's because the camera moves in a certain way. The camera, it, this shot is a lot wider than the other ones. Yeah, it, like like the more you like study film. Uh, cinematography and everything like mm-hmm. you like it's crazy how much appreciation you get like you see all these people that this you know all the credits are rolling da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. but then like like when you learn more about what they're doing it's just it's crazy how all these people come together to make this vision yeah i think this kind of off basis we're kind of ranting no again. no this <laughs> is, but this but we're talking about um uh, we're talking about how pretty much important that the visuals are to making a western oh, what yeah. a western is um music too yes oh gosh yeah we get you get a really good scores for westerns mm-hmm. as well um simple scores simple scores but to very honest, simple actually, they're very the black and they're very black and white too yes oh yeah. man you're like the, the you're like oh there's no theme. yeah and we know it's upbeat and yeah yeah so, uh, so I pretty much just wrote down some stuff for uh, lighting for the most part for uh, westerns, and a lot of westerns like to use the uh, the low key light or kind of the noir style, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know it's it's kind of the high contrast lighting. Um, so what they do is they like a lot of westerns they'll they'll shine the light above the above the cowboy's head, mm-hmm. and since he's wearing a hat, what that does is it darks out the face, and maybe you can see like the chin. And if it's the hero, like it adds the mystery of the hero. Mm-hmm. But if it's the hero, you know they kind of have him. They'll step out into the light, and he's the hero. Or like, you'll see the villain, and the villain's like in this noir style light, and he'll like step back into the darkness type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- so, so just to give the the listeners like a 
so they understand like low what low key light is like i was kind of saying high high contrast lighting so since it's such a low uh so this is lower lighting you're going to have a, a deeper range between um uh, light and dark and so there's going to be more shades of colors mm -hmm. and the other thing they do is they also use the high key light which is like a low contrast lighting lighting and the and uh so, and they do that because a lot of them are filmed outside. So you kind of basically just have the sun as your main light mm -hmm. for a Western. And the low-key light, since it's so bright, it kind of it kind of washes out a lot of the colors, a lot of the contrast. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when like like you want you want as much light on your heroes as possible. You know. Mm -hmm. um, another one they do is they do a lot of. Uh, You'll probably recognize those. They'll do like the backlighting, and then what I usually think of for the backlighting. Oh, the silhouettes against the sunset. Yeah, the, yeah. They'll pretty much they'll have like the sinking sun, but maybe they'll have like a fire in the middle, mm -hmm. and then in the foreground they'll have like the 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 cowboys just kind of doing their thing and whatever. Um, silhouettes are very, are very, 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 very. It when used properly, a very good tool in like cinematography. That it's so like if you can. I mean, the human brain works in a way where we can interpret what a shadow is doing mm -hmm. or like how, what a person is even just from their shadow uh, or what they're doing just from their shadow and like being able to like do the, pretty much like it could be just a silhouette of uh, of, of, of like the cowboy uh, walking away from his fire and going, I don't know, draw some water from the, the nearby river or something or a creek or whatever. Right. And like, you know what he's doing, like, mm -hmm. but obviously you can't see his like, um, like the details all you can see is just a silhouette of him bending down getting the water and then like walking back but like again there's it may seem i don't know unnecessary at times to do things like that but it, again it leads to how real westerns always felt because it seemed like there's way less okay, classic westerns way way less like mysticism and mm. like magic or even yeah 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 like it's just it's just real right and it kind of, I guess nowadays when you watch westerns, if you look back, uh, it kind of is almost like, like hearkening back to a day when we weren't distracted by the honking or the or the buzzing. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, another one. So uh, another one that they did, and and honestly, a lot of these are are synonymous with other genres as well. But these are these are kind of like since this is since westerns are kind of the a lot of the beginnings of cinema mm -hmm. you know like these are kind of where they originated and uh another really common one that they used in si indoors uh is what they used the the three-point lighting um so and the and so it literally is three three points of light and the first one is the is the key light and this is like this is the focus light it shines directly on the subject uh this is light that mostly will move around to give different contrasts and colors and such um, but then there's the, there's the fill light. So if you're looking, if you, if you shine a light on someone and it's on one side of their face, then the other side is kind of, it's dark. Mm -hmm. And actually this, so this fill light is, it comes from the, the opposite side of the, uh, the, the key light in mm -hmm. order to illuminate this shaded side. Right. And then they have, uh, what is a backlight and they, they put that right behind the, the main subject. And what that does is it kind of gives like a, almost like the silhouette. Uh, it makes the silhouette of the person stand out and kind of uh, mutes 
the background behind them. Yeah, it keeps so that, focus on the, the subject. Mm-hmm. Of the, of yeah, the so like especially if it's, I mean, if this is the main characters, they want them the they they want them to pop in a western because right, like in a western, like <laughs> everyone else is just background realistically. Yeah, unless they are the love interest, and then they'll be they'll get a little bit more screen time. Yeah. Um, and that's all I really have for, for visuals, but, um, we got a little bit more. I have my last thing I always like to throw in here is, is the tropes, the tropes, the tropes, what the Um, tropes is. So the tropes of Westerns train robberies. Okay. Uh, the heist, the heist, uh, poker games. You'll see a lot of poker going on. Train robberies are so cool. Like when they're riding their horses next to the train and they'll like hop over and their horses keep going or whatever. And then somebody doesn't quite make it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just go. Also, the stunt people that have to do that kind of stuff. My goodness. They just like torturing themselves. Anyway, <laughs> have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I have not seen it yet. Okay. There's a lot of movies we'll, I haven't seen, yeah, like we'll newer see. movies I haven't seen. We'll talk about that later. Um, a lot of poker games. Um, a lot of bandana masks. So. There's a train robbery in Red Dead. There's a po- there's a you can play poker, poker. tournament. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm and sure. I think you put on you can put on a mask to hide like, or for reputation reasons in town. Really, I believe so. That's kind of yeah. funny. Okay. Uh, you'll hear a lot of jingling spurs. <laughs> Howdy, partner. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like <laughs> like even like the camera's just looking at the door of the saloon, and you hear, you know, clink mm-hmm. clink. Anyway. Uh, towering red rock formations, or just honestly, they use uh, Monument Valley a whole bunch. Yes. And there's actually like I'm pretty sure there's only like one place in the United States that really has like this type of landmass. Yeah. But it's, I guess Monument Valley is like used a ton for westerns. So it's funny. There's a lot of locations that are commonly used in in film and um, what if pretty much for each genre. Like if it's like a space thing, mm-hmm. there's a there's places there's like a place in California. That has uh that has like pretty much just a lot of rocks um and they use that a lot I think they used it a couple times in Star Trek I think they used it in Star Wars as well like there's like some they're pretty iconic um yeah. and, and like you there are some pretty big like or like the film buffs that can look at a scene and be like oh oh that's definitely in California <laughs> or like Watchmen um people noticed that it was filmed in Atlanta because they forgot to or yeah they forgot to not forgot they just <laughs> leaned into it all the way I and love just, how like, uh, they're like, oh, it's just there. <laughs> I love how in one of the Austin Powers movies, they're all like, oh, yeah, we're in London right now. And then Austin Powers is like, man, it's so weird how this doesn't quite look like California or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then the rest of this, li- I actually find a list from uh, AMC.com. And uh, so this is this is the actual list. So uh, the tropes are like evil ranchers. And you can think of that as like King John from Robin Hood. Yeah, they're like the the ma- the magnates, mag mag magnates, mangate, magistrate, magistrates. No, they're the ones that like own a lot of things, mm-hmm. a lot of individual. Yeah, and yeah. they're typically pushing all the the people out of town or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I was really thinking about it. I was like, okay, so you have all these westerns, right? You have like a thousand westerns being made, mm-hmm. and then over time, like these bigger studios keep pushing out all the smaller studios. They're the evil ranchers. Yes. I'm sure there's irony. actually I'm sure there's actually movies about movie studios. Oh, I I think there is for sure. I know there's movies about producers, which I guess are 
pretty much the people who run the the bigger studios. But yeah. Okay. Uh, saloon brawls. Of course, you gotta get the gotta get the fisticuffs going. <laughs> well, it's just oh, it's always funny how like bad blood between like two people like puts everyone in a frenzy. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder if this is almost like or like, somebody like like Black Friday, you know, like those the mob mentality thing. Yeah. Is it along those lines? Oh, it's always great though. Like it's cuz it's just like somebody somebody like walks up to the bar, they're like give me give me a double shot of whiskey. And then the person sitting next to him looks over at him like what are you doing here? And then the <laughs> other person goes I'm just trying to enjoy my whiskey. And then, like, so he gets the whiskey and then, like, pushes it aside or whatever. Or, like, he knocks it out of his hand and he's like, I don't like the way you're drinking your whiskey in here. Yeah. And then he's like, You shouldn't have done that, boy. And then, and all of a sudden, it's like, Poosh, right? And he, like, hits him over <laughs> the head with a stool. And then all of a sudden, everybody else stands up, like, Oh, we brawling. And then <laughs> it's <laughs> like a food fight, like, yeah. like, today. But then, like, uh, and, like, Later on, like revisionist ones, like they'll 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 put a twist on that, and everyone else is fighting. And there'll always be that one guy that's still sitting at the bar. He's like, he like lift up, he lifts up his uh, mug as like somebody slides across the bar or whatever. Oh yeah, I love those ones. Those <laughs> ones are great. Um, it's like, I'm just here to drink, man. <laughs> Another one is uh, spineless townspeople. Uh, always the spineless townspeople. Yeah, that's why they need a hero. As soon as the bandits come into town, like everybody scatters or like. <laughs> it, it was like they're only like there's no heroes among them they're only concerned about their own little world um well okay so some of them are portrayed as only being concerned about themselves but most of the time i feel like they were portrayed as being um fearful of repercussions yeah. or unable unable to gather the courage because remember another thing with uh some of these westerns is having the hero come to town and not necessarily do all of the work for them but teach them how to do the work we are also going to be talking about this in the mandalorian um (laughs) but yeah so like having them you know having them learn to defend themselves because if i just do it myself then what happens if the bandits come again you have to go out and learn and there's always going to be there's always like a uh, there's like the unexpecting person that picks up a gun and shoots it for the first time turns out to be a sharpshooter or whatever because they've just got <laughs> the gift um, you know what I mean or, or like all the townspeople suddenly learn how to use a, a, I don't know or, or or it'll be like nobody's uh, so they're in that saloon and, and the bandits come in and they're all being a jerk and everything and there's just the guy in the corner and all of a sudden like like nobody's seen anything about him and then all of a sudden out, out of nowhere he like saves the day mm-hmm. he pulls out a samurai sword and then goes <laughs> super saiyan um because that's how that's a sub genre yeah <laughs> uh the evil sheriff uh abusing their power for their own gain very typical uh and well usually they're letting like other people do the, do their dirty work too yeah but that's part of their evilness that's true they can't get their hands dirty. Yeah. Uh, we kind of t- we've definitely talked about this one already. The the her- heroic uh, mysterious loners. Yeah, of course. Coming in on a white steed and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the classic ones. Mm-hmm. Racist. Or it's a gray one. <laughs> in revisionist. <laughs> <laughs> um, riding off into the sunset. Classic. <laughs> Um, so it was funny because in the article they were, they were, uh, they were made a point. They were like, they're like, of all the times to go on a journey, you know, mm-hmm. like sunset and you're going to be going on a journey. Like it's going to be dark hey, really soon. Hey, hey, hey. 
Rule of cool, sir. <laughs> Rule of cool. That's true. And the next one is uh, <laughs> <laughs> color-coordinated villainy. Yeah. Like, all the bad guys are basically dressed the same. Yeah. They have Why the not? same hat and same boots. And okay, so here's the thing. When you make a lot of money, money from being a villain, mm-hmm. you got to dress up all your, your, um, your henchmen the same way as you. I mean, is this the first boy band? Heck yes. Um, <laughs> think of like a think of like a think of like cartoons and stuff that you watch, and you like how all the henchmen are dressed up in yeah similar outfits. Um, and there's always got to be there's always got to be like one vill- or one henchman of each like body type. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and every like so there's got to be like. The nerd henchman. There's got to be the the chunky henchman. There's got to be the scrawny henchman. <laughs> there's got to be the super tall henchman. There's got to be like the and the revisionist. The, there's the the female female villain or bandit. Yeah, or like the one that's like dressing like a dude to cover up, and somehow nobody noticed it was a dude or it was a chick. Like it's a whole thing. Which that's a thing? That's a definitely a thing. They did it in a Final Fantasy. Um, they did. Uh, yeah, that's that's always fun. You know, I'm really disappointed as I didn't I didn't do the last one as riding off into the sunset. So we could end the podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh well, it's fine. Yeah. So you really suck at this. <laughs> uh, the showdown at high noon, <laughs> which I don't know why. Like, wow, wow, wow. And then like everyone. Is run- there a name for that rift? I have no clue. Are you going to try to find it? One of these days. I don't know if I'll remember. It's probably it. just, you can just say Western Showdown Rift. Riff. Riff. R-I-F-F. Sorry. Uh, and <laughs> but then, like, everybody runs for cover as soon as they have, like, it's these two guys, like, end up on both sides of the town. And then, like, everybody, like, runs for cover and they're all, like, peeking out. Like, what's going to happen? And then, oh, I actually put, and that music plays. The Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually all I have. Sweet. So, we've been mentioning it a couple times throughout the podcast. Um, I feel like we're definitely going to be trying to do like a, a bunch of episodes on more like, I guess, popular media, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, we did start off kind of doing a lot of video games and we still do one at the beginning of each month at least. Um, but I think one of the things we've won- been wanting to delve into, and this is just to ensure that the, the content never really stagnates, um, is we wanted to... Or we don't run out. Stagnate more than anything. I highly doubt we'll ever run out <laughs> of things to, to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but st- when I say stagnate, I mean like it doesn't seem like we're either rehashing things or it doesn't seem like we're uh, we're getting bored with the subject matter. So mm-hmm. like bringing in things that maybe like a Westerns that we aren't necessarily like well versed into doing the research going down <laughs> going down the rabbit holes. Uh they they're pretty fun. Um and so next week we're going to be doing the uh the Mandalorian. Um obviously that's going to be major spoilers because we're going to be talking about the things that happens in the uh, in the episodes. Um Mandalorian finished up its season. It will be full spoilers. It oh, has full on spoilers. Yeah. It finished up its season in, uh at the beginning of the th- of January. And I'm probably going to spoil the second season. Because I think I already know what's going to happen now. I don't, and I don't. I <laughs> and I. Po- I mean, it's going to be speculation thing. I don't like, but you know, uh, apparently I'm, I'm not going to talk I'm, about the second season. Okay. I don't care. Apparently, I'm getting better at the speculating thing, um, and not being so um, averse to it. Um, it just depends on how you do speculation, right? Yeah. Also, 
after the Mandalorian episode. Um, you should be expecting a new episode about video games. Um, and I guess that's really all I'm going to say. I'll probably talk about it more at the end of the Mandalorian episode. Um, that being said, until next time. Until next time. <laughs> Apparently, you want to be done with podcasts. <laughs> Bye. Or not. I'm going to delete this part. I just like talking to the microphone. Microphones are cool.